Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining me for another episode of the Abona Tennis Online Coaching Podcast. This week, I am very, very, very excited to talk to you about one of our favorite subjects, especially for those in the junior tennis world, UTR. Oh, yes, Universal Tennis Rating System. Now, I know that stirs up a lot of emotions with people, but that's why we need to talk about it. We need to have more conversations around this uh, because I, people are using this system in the wrong way. They're trying to game the system. And in my opinion, I think people are the problem. Okay, It's not UTR. And I will stay right up, right up front. I, I don't agree with what UTR has done with your algorithm in that you can lose a close match or you can win a close match and actually move down. I don't like that. I, I wish they could find a way to where if you win, maybe you don't get penalized, you move up, something. something. Okay, I would really love for them to change that. Um, I do agree that if someone's losing closer and closer matches, uh, they're, they're starting to show improvement. So I think it makes sense to move up their rating if they do that over time. But uh, I don't like someone being penalized for losing matches. So, um, But within that, UTR has never held anyone back that won enough matches. At some point, if you're winning 70, 80% of your matches, your UTR is going to take care of itself because you're winning too many matches. You've improved too much. You're beating too many people. You're going too far in the draws. You're playing other higher level players at that point. So your UTR is going to reflect your success. It's impossible to win that many matches and not have a UTR move up. Um, at the same time, on the other side of that, you can't game UTR in a way to where you can move up significantly to where you are now rated like a Division One collegiate tennis player when your actual level is Division Three or two. So no one has successfully done that, but they all try because they're trying for short-term fixes and solutions. Uh, so, and I think that's the biggest mistake with all of this, Okay. Even though it's a small flaw within UTR, well, okay, it's big. I, I think it's a big flaw. But every single tennis ranking system I have ever heard of and been a part of and experienced has some sort of flaw. There's some way to try to game around, to, to, to game the system. But at some point, the, the players that tried to game the system can't move up anymore. At some point, they have to be good enough to move up. You know, I'll, I'll give you just some examples. You know, even ITF, which is pretty, look, you win, you move up, you lose, you move down. End of story, right? I mean, it's pretty clear cut. It's pretty simple. But look at the person who financially is better off than another, and they go play ITFs in a country where the level that week was very low, as opposed to going to play in a country that had higher level players in that tournament. Now, the tournaments are worth the same amount of points, but one gets to move up and the other one doesn't. So there's that exists on the ITF side as well. Okay, so if you can work it that way. Uh, on the ATP side and the WTA side, it's the same thing. This is the professional ranking system for professionals around the world to get into grand slams and everything. It's the same thing. You can find a corner in the world that somehow has a tournament but maybe too expensive for anyone to get to, or it's too difficult of a flight. No one's willing to go there for only one or two weeks. And they go there while there's the same level tournament to 
at a place that has more access to more players. So that tournament that has more access is going to be a higher level tournament, but both are playing for the same amount of points. So it's going to be easier for one player to move up in one tournament versus the other. So you, But you can only do that for so long. You know, at some point, you have to play against good players to move up. It's that simple. You know, NCAA, it's the same thing. If, if you lose to player, if you're a highly ranked player and you lose to someone that's lower ranked, you have a couple of those losses, even if it's two or three, you're going to move up a little bit. And the player that won that match is going to have a bigger jump in their ranking. So stuff like this exists, and it's always existed, and it's always going to continue to exist. That's why I think people actually need to focus on what are they focused on themselves as opposed to trying to game a system to move up. All right? If you're good enough, you're going to move up. So sure, maybe you can game the system to get a couple extra decimal points, but you know, you're not going to be this random 5 UTR player that's beating a 9 UTR player. Okay, UTR is not that far off. They're actually, in my opinion, from what I've seen analyzing hundreds of matches and seeing different ratings and rankings from players playing against each other, it's pretty accurate. You know, I've never seen someone who, you know, had a 6 UTR beat a 10. Even in practice, it's, it's just not going to happen. So for all of you that are saying, well, my UTR should be higher, by what? Half a point? Maybe? Okay, but go play. At some point, if you play enough matches, UTR will truly reflect what your level is in competition. Not your level in practice, which a lot of people say, well, in practice, you know, I played this this really high UTR and I did great. And then, I, you know, and then I go in a match, I just haven't won, but I know I'm at that level. Look, if you can't compete in matches and you struggle, that's the level that counts. The level in your practice doesn't count towards anything. You're never going to get, get recruited just because of how good you are in practice. So it, you don't focus on that stuff. What matters is what's going on in tournaments. Now, Let's get back to what people are focusing on because here's where I have a problem. You know, first, you know, when you're focused on trying to game the system and UTR ratings and rankings and everything, you're not actually focusing on the most important things that help those things get higher in the first place, which is getting better as a player. If you're getting better enough, at some point, you're going to start winning more matches. If not, then you're not improving enough or you're not improving in the areas that matter. So if you're solely focused on just getting better and practicing as much as you can and working as hard as you can and you put all your focus into that, your UTR is just going to take care of itself. You know, and in the times that I've been around players that already have very high UTRs, you know, over 11s, 12s and and, and you know, they they're they know that they're going to be a collegiate division 1 player. They never talk about UTR. Never. Never. They're talking about how much better they can get. They want to talk about moving up. They want to talk about their dreams. They want to talk about working harder. They want to talk about how they wish they were playing at that tournament. They need to get better enough so they can get in. And this goes for also you know, even 14, 15-year-olds that I, I've been around that are already very good players. They don't talk about UTR. It's so far it's just not in their mind. They're just too busy trying to be as good as they can possibly be because they see how good they can be and that's going to give them all that they want. 
So if they just put their focus there, everything's going to be fine. So I think we need to do a better job of focusing on ourselves and getting better as opposed to this system that has a flaw. It does. But so does every other system. And every system has always had a flaw. So stop focusing on something that is probably never going to change. It can get better. Nothing's ever going to get perfect. Now, I also want to take this attention uh, or take our attention to academies. Academies are not helping in this situation either. Not all of them, but a lot of them. But the way they're not helping is in the way they're grouping players. Now, when it comes to practice, they're suddenly they're they're creating groups solely based on UTR ratings, which I'm okay to get started, but you have to give kids room to 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 move up or down based on how hard they're working, where their level's at, even if their rating hasn't caught up. But but I've heard of instances with players that I've worked with that do take part in other academies that. They're not, they're specifically told we're not moving you up until you get your UTR up. Now, what message is that academy sending? Hey, your results matter. That's what they're saying. Okay. So how can that junior player go into a tournament just saying, look, I just need to get better and everything will be fine. When they have more friends in that next level group. Or that next level group, if they can get in, actually helps them become a better player because it's a better training environment in that group. And the group they're in right now, the level's so low that no one pushes them. It's hard to be motivated. Look, it's just much easier to get better when you're in a healthy training environment. So, you know, for them, there's a lot on the line. And the academy's sending that message too. Win now, and then we'll move you up. I think that's wrong, okay? And, and I, they are making this problem bigger. Uh, I, I get it. It's very hard to group players, especially when you have a big academy. You're trying to find ways to, you know, be more efficient with your work time. But okay, if someone is half a point UTR below that rate, that rating threshold to get into the next group, they're probably good enough to practice with them once or twice a week. Maybe not even for the entire practice. Bring them in there for an hour, 30 minutes. Something that gives that kid motivation to to see that you're trying to get them to move up. They're spending time with those players, but when they get back, you know they're so hungry to to move back to that other group. So you know if if these academies really care about doing what's best for the kids, I'm fine to originally you know create that group based off UTR. But then you have to do the eye test. You have to do the personality test. Is are those kids in the lower group working hard enough? Okay, maybe a kid isn't good enough for a full practice match with that higher level group, but maybe they can come in and just do some drills for 30 minutes, 45 minutes, bring them in, maybe just one day, give them a chance. And I think then it's much easier to have that conversation to say, hey, just focus on getting better and everything will be fine because you're actually showing them that, hey, your work ethic, your attitude, that's what we want. And, you know, your level's getting close. We're fine to move you up. But if you don't do that, you're sending a message, win now, and then you'll move up. And that puts too much pressure on a kid to win when they really need to improve. 
and but you're taking away that conversation and now you're making them focus on their UTR and stare at their UTR and look at who their opponent is and who they're going to play against and all this and and that short-term sense withdrawing from a match might seem like a right idea because if they lose that match then that really hurts them but if they win that match there's no benefit to them getting in that group that they want so academies are playing a huge role in making this problem bigger all right parents you're also making this problem pretty big and i don't think you do it on purpose i think that this comes from a good place but since other people are talking about utr you're new to this junior tennis journey you pay attention to UTR too. The academy says your kid has to move up in their UTR to get into this group. You know it's a better group for your child. You're going to look at helping them get a higher UTR. You need to try your best to avoid UTR conversations. And I would go so far as to say if your child is in that type of academy setting, I would consider pulling them out because that's not a healthy environment. Now, if you don't have anything else, don't pull them out right away. You know, do your homework and see what other academy you can find. But uh, that's not a healthy environment. So you might want to consider that. You know, I, I would have a talk with the, that academy director and say, hey, you're putting pressure on my child to win. They're trying their best. Um, you know, and then just see what response you get. But that, that's the first thing on that. Uh, I know you're just, you know, you're new to this and you're trying to figure this out. And if that's what the academy and every other parent's talking about, then why wouldn't you, right? I mean, you're, you learn, we learn from other people as well. But I'm here to tell you, do everything you can to steer away from that conversation. Because once you start having UTR conversations with your child, then you're adding more thoughts in your child's head about UTR. And I've heard so many instances on saying, oh, hey, you play your first round tomorrow at 12 o'clock versus, you know, Johnny and... And they're, they're a 7.2 UTR. You might have done that innocently, but you just put this entire UTR conversation in your child's head. Well, you know, I'm a 6.9, so if I win that match, well, my UTR can really go up. Oh, wow, okay, this, this is great. You know, and, you know, you're already starting to get them thinking about the benefits of winning and the downside of losing. And you just did it unintentionally. Um, and it's the same thing where, hey, if you get through this person, you know, then you have a UTR against some, a UTR matchup against someone two points higher. So that's a great opportunity. But now you're putting more pressure on them winning that first match. And so that's a problem as well. I've also heard of parents uh, with good intentions ask me, say, hey, well, you know, we wanted to sign them up for this, this USTA tournament. It's a level five or level six, but they're actually the highest UTR person in that tournament. So what's the point of playing that tournament? Well, have you ever won a tournament in the first place? When's the last time that child won a tournament? If you haven't won a tournament in your life before, you have no right to say, well, I'm seated one. There's no one better than me and the UTR, I get no benefit. I'm not going to play. Look, if you haven't proven that you can win four or five matches in a row at any tournament, you have no right to say you shouldn't play a tournament until you've done it. Okay? You know, the same thing, maybe you haven't won it, but maybe you're getting semis, finals, finals, semis, quarters, finals, finals. Okay, if those are your consistent results every week at that level of tournament, I'd still try to win one, but you have a little bit more of... Uh, 
you know, you have a little bit more leeway within trying to, you know, move up and play a different tournament. But, you know, if you're searching UTR entry list on the tournaments you need to play, look, if that's the only tournament you can play that week, just play. But why is UTR even on your mind to try to, you know, see if you should play a tournament or not? If that's the only tournament you can play that weekend and that was your weekend to play, go play. You know, it won't hurt. Okay, go beat everybody. Or go beat everybody serving and volleying. Go beat everybody working on your drop shot. Go beat everybody coming into the net. Or work on your consistency. Go beat everybody without hitting a single unforced error in the match. There's a benefit to playing every single match. Maybe not towards your UTR, but towards your long-term development as a player. Every match can help you get better. And I would encourage that to say even within when you're searching for practice matches. It, don't search only based on UTR. If you find someone that is within a two two UTR uh, two UTRs of your level, go play them. That means they can make the ball. They can do something. So there's something you can get better. Maybe you don't practice with them every day, but for every now and then, if that's all you can get, go get it. Go play. Go play. I see so many people that are limiting themselves based on these who their UTR opponents and practice partners is and all that. You're thinking about things the wrong way. Now, I know that a lot of this is being put in your head by the junior tennis environment right now, and that's why I'm making this podcast. You know, we have to try to shift people's mindsets. But in the meantime, I think this is the best I can do, which is to try to just help educate parents and to steering the conversations away. So, you know, when you get your child to play a tournament, don't talk about their opponent's UTR. They're going to start thinking too much about the benefits or downsides or all of this. Just, just quite, if they ask who the UTR, what the UTR is of their opponent, say, you don't know, you didn't check. If they ask you to check, say, no, I'm not going to check that. That isn't what matters. Now I get it. All the kids are talking about UTR and you're going to tell me, well, everybody's talking about UTR and the kid, look, we, we can't control, um, the, whatever all the kids are saying. We can't control what they're talking about. And we can't control what, you know, if your child goes to search the UTR of their opponent. We can't control that. You can remove their login and change their password, but they really want to find it. They can ask for a friend to look it up. Or maybe a friend just tells them this happens a lot. You know, they'll say, oh, I played them. You know, this is UTR. And it was totally, the, the child it was totally innocent in that situation. You can't avoid it. But what we can do is have a lot of conversations with our child about UTR doesn't matter. Focus on doing you know what you can. You control what you can control. And if you do well enough, then you'll improve and everything will take care of itself. So, you know, the more conversations we have with them about it, then the more that they're gonna buy into what we're all talking about. You know, and if enough parents do that, then we can all start to shift the conversation slowly. Is a long-term plan will it ever work? I don't know, but we have to try because this is so detrimental to so many players are not improving enough because they're so focused on UTR and it's ridiculous. You know, I, I, I've had kids that don't want to play in a tournament in their age division because they want to play one level up because they can play against higher rated UTR players to move up. When these players never won three matches in a row in a main draw match in the last two years. At any level, level five, four, three, whatever. And they were, they're, they're trying to move up. You can't move up if you're not winning enough matches in main draw. Okay? So sure, your UTR won't go down, but you can't win. 
So if you can't win, then how good can you possibly be? Sure, go lose a close match. Okay, you think college coach is really gonna want someone who has a losing record? I mean, probably not. I mean, they want they want play, especially at the highest level, they want players that can show the ability to win matches. So let let's you know, UTR is not perfect. I get it. And yes, college coaches are using UTR as their initial tool to look at players to see if they're worthy of recruiting. But let's understand their position. There are hundreds of players every single year. And if you know, and, and think of all the international players as well. Okay. There they get so many emails, especially, you know, the top 30, 40, 50 colleges. Uh, they have so many emails of players trying to get recruited, so many things to go through. They have a full team to already run. They're so busy as it is, this system actually helps them narrow things down. And UTR is pretty accurate. No one is in eight UTR when you need to be in 11 and a half to get into a Division I school that somehow shows the ability to be in 11 and a half UTR. It, it just doesn't happen. It's a lot closer than that. You still have to move up. So don't blame college coaches. Um, you know, this tool actually helps them and makes their job a lot easier. All right. So let, let's take every, let's steer this conversation. All right. And it starts with first, you know, let's accept the fact that UTR and no ranking system is perfect. Even today, doesn't exist. I don't know of one. Okay. Second, academies. Stop grouping kids based only on UTR and then not letting them up unless their UTR moves up. You are part of the problem. You are also steering the conversation for parents to focus on UTR once you start doing that. Okay. Parents, I know there's a lot of conversation about UTR and I know you're trying to do your best for your child. Don't talk about UTR. If your child asks about UTR, you don't know anything about it. You don't know what their UTR is. You don't know anything, okay? If they ask you to look things up, you're not gonna do it. It doesn't change anything for you to know your opponent's UTR or their own UTR. It doesn't change the process of what you need to do to get better as a player to move up anyway. So kids, coaches, academies, players, everybody, put the conversation into the thing that if you really want your UTR to go up, you need to get better. So put your thoughts and energy and conversations into getting better. What can you do better? Do you need to practice more? Are you going to the gym enough? Are you stretching enough? Are you eating well? Is your time organized well? Are you doing a good job of scheduling tournaments? Are you balancing your social life appropriately? Are you working hard enough? Are you learning enough? Are you watching tennis? Are you doing everything you can to improve as a player? Because if you do that, your UTR is going to go up on its own. Good luck out there, and let's get through this together.